never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around. Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day. And the moment we are recording it, it's actually a very, very fitting time because just around the corner, 200 meters from me, is a whole stampede of runners going past because we have got an ultra marathon uh, running, running event here this, this weekend. Uh, and God, these guys will go through hell and back to achieve their, 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 their finish uh often enough it's more about the finishing than actually winning in in these endurance grueling endurance events now it is it is beautiful because i've got today david richmond with me david is a man who wrote the book uh a book about winning in the middle of the pack and that is so interesting how do i hang on so when i read that the first time i thought huh no, like, there's only can you be one winner and you have to be the winner because you're the man. And uh, we are, uh, no, David has a very different take on that, um, both in his life, both in his, his uh, passion as an endurance athlete. I can't wait to talk to David. Welcome to my show. Thank you, Stefan. I'm very happy to be here. It's so funny because my editor and I went through, I don't know, a two month exercise back and forth and back and forth about the title and we finally came up with that winning in the middle of the pack yeah. and she goes that's gonna confuse a whole lot of people and i go good good that's good. exactly it <laughs> yeah. that's exactly the hook that you want how can you win in the middle of the pack right that's that's so that's it's perfect it does confuse a lot of people <laughs> and i find it so beautiful because i immediately knew what the book was about mm -hmm. and um i'm I'm guilty as charged. And I mean, for crying out loud, there is a place for perfectionism. Let's be very clear about that. I'm an anesthetist. Uh, you come to me, mm -hmm. you pay me so that you are asleep, that you are safe, etc. If I come to you and say, well, you know, not everyone can win. Um, you know, this uh, you might be awake or you might be asleep. I don't know. See how I feel <laughs> on the day. Um, <laughs> sorry, that doesn't work. And of course, that right. attitude of perfectionism has also translated into my life. Um, and so I'm my worst critic. Have you been that man before? Who were you? Uh, let's say it's got 10 years, 15 years, 20 years back. Who was the man then who would have been sitting in front of me? Oh my gosh. Uh, not the person talking to you now. That's for sure. Uh, so I was a, oh boy, I had two sides of the coin. One On the one side, I was a perfectionist, overachiever, uh, could dig a deep enough hole as the best of us could and fight, figure out a way to climb out of it, right? I, I was uh, uh, on many levels, um, both a saboteur and an and a overachiever, okay? Because uh, uh, sometimes that's what we do. In yeah. order to yeah. achieve, we, we create a problem, then we can solve it. But right. Uh, so uh, but that was on one side of the coin. On the other side of the coin, uh, I was pretty much a wreck. I was uh, overweight. I was a, a lifelong pack, pack and a half a day smoker. I hadn't done anything athletic in my life. I was uh, married to an abusive alcoholic uh, and drug addict. Um, and I was a miserable human being. Um, now, 
not miserable in everything at all times, uh, not miserable at every minute of the day. But overall, I was a, a miserable person because I was so unhappy. I was not living my life on purpose. I was not um, anyone, the person that I wanted to be. Um, and I honestly, I didn't uh, face the reality of who I was. Uh, so that's who would have would have been sitting here. As you, mm. you, you could have looked at me depending on the light and thought, "Man, this guy's living the toughest life ever," because you'd look into my home life and you'd go, "Wow, man, how do you deal with that?" And you might be thinking, "I'm the most charmed guy ever because I'm successful in business and I've got friends and da, 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 right." But uh, you know, we all know that that uh, what what people see is only sometimes what we allow them to see, and what oh, yeah. we see in ourselves is only what we allow ourselves to see. Oh yeah. How did you escape reality? How did you, uh, did you, I mean, uh, in deep inside of us, we know that, that sometimes our life is far, far away from what we are meant to live and how we are meant to live. And we run away and we run away from the pain. Then the smoking, mm -hmm. what did the smoking give you? Uh, that was just a comfort place. It was, it was a comfort place. It wasn't, it wasn't anything where I said, Ooh, Now I'm going to go feel better. I'm going to cover up my pain. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, take a mental break. Now I'm going to go have a cigarette. Mm -hmm. That was just all that, that was built into me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably started when I was 18 year years old, Stefan, I was robbed at gunpoint of everything that I owned. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had 56 cents in my pocket and I was living out of my car behind a grocery store. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I had was a, uh, was a carton of cigarettes in the back. So uh, cigarettes were my food, right? <laughs> That's what they were for three days. Um, uh, soon enough, they became a crutch, not, not, not on purpose, but just that's who it was. I was a smoker. And what, 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 what happens when you're a smoker is you, by purpose, you can't be athletic. You can't be your best socially because it's, uh, you, you can't smoke in every social situation. You can't be your best health-wise. I mean, there's a million things that you're not going to be. Right. And so the the difference between being a smoker and not being a smoker is way more than just smoking. Oh, hell yeah. Or not smoking. Absolutely. But so if the, if the smoking didn't give you much, what gave you the escape? How did you escape your reality? Uh, so it's a great question, Stefan. And I would say that um, because I always thought I had to overachieve, Because I always thought that I was going to accomplish great things, or I was told that I should think that way. You know, that's what we do when we grow up. Our, our you know, your parents idolize you, or they treat you like crap, and so you got to make them right one way or the other. You, you, you try to impress the teacher. You try to impress your spouse. You try to impress your kids, right? You try to do all these things. But uh, for me, uh, the only way that I could fulfill my desire to be great at anything was to overcome all the problems I would create for myself because that's the only thing I was used to. The only thing I was used to was, was, was digging a hole and figuring out how to get out of it. And that was, was where my validation came from. Do you know, like, Oh, give me the biggest project at work and I'll, and I'll come out on top, so, right? Give me the biggest challenge and, and I'll take it. But Uh, so that gave me some validation, some self-worth. And so because my life was such a shambles uh, personally and in the hidden part of it, 
I found every problem that I could create so that I could overcome it, mm. which only got me to zero, right? When you, when you dig a big hole <laughs> and you climb out, you're only at ground level, right? You didn't go anywhere, but that gave me a sense Ooh, of self-worth. Nice. Right? Nice. I mean, so you, in other words, you became a workaholic. Uh, you escaped by running away with problems um, at work in as projects, as you mentioned. It's actually very easy. Like that's like me. I became a workaholic uh, much earlier than I became an alcoholic. Um, mm -hmm. And it's that perfectionism and that people pleasing. I think people pleasing is, is it was a big part of, I guess, yeah. of my upbringing there um, that often drives you. Bloody hell. Um, bloody hell. When did you when did you realize, hang on, I'm I'm just doing crap. At best I'm 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 dreading water and, and swimming in the same uh staying in the same place in the ocean. Um when did that realization come? So so anybody who's had any kind of addiction uh, knows that you hear from others directed at you or indirectly uh, how you're uh, in, engaging in bad behavior and harmful activity, but you don't really hear it. And then you start to tell yourself, uh, but you still, you still don't listen to yourself, right? Uh, it's, it's only when like the right time, the right thing gets said to you, either you say it to yourself or somebody else does. Sometimes it comes at, at a period of elation. Sometimes it comes at your lowest level, right? You don't know, but Finally, you hear it, and then you go, well, why the hell didn't I hear it the hundred times that I, he I heard the same words before, right? Right? Am I right? So you only hear it when you hear it. You only know what you know when you know it. Absolutely. And so to answer your question, what happened was the kind of aha moment for me was I had a really good friend that I had confided in with all of my issues with being married to an abusive alcoholic and not being able to fight back, not being able to um, defend myself just having to take it, not being able to balance. Um, I can have a couple of drinks, but she can't. Uh, and she becomes violent. And, and it's like, well, okay, well, I won't drink, but that's still not going to stop her. And I was, it was just, just a, a, a number of different things that were just, I was such in a low point. And I, and I kept talking to my friend and, and, and confidant about my problems. And one day he said to me, Stefan, he goes, he stood up and he goes, dude, I'm walking out of this conversation. I'm so tired of having it. And I go, what? And he goes, you're the problem. I go, what? He goes, I've been hearing you for how many years tell me what everybody else is doing and what is happening to you. And you're the victim and this and that. He goes, you're the problem. And I go, what the hell are you talking? I'm not the problem. Excellent. And he goes, you're the problem. And I go, explain to me, what the hell do you mean? And he goes, I'll tell you. He says, every thing in your life, every bad thing, every problem, every bad relationship, every bad person is like a wild animal. And you go find wild animals. And then you take the wild animal and you bring it home and you give it a safe space and you pet it and you feed it and you comb it and it becomes like less wild. And then all of a sudden you reach over to, to pet it and it bites you and you wonder, what the hell did it bite me for? I did all this great stuff. He goes, wild animals bite. That's what they do. Why don't you figure out why you need to have problems? Why don't you not attract wild animals? And I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I am the problem. I love it. 
I love it. What a beautiful metaphor. What a beautiful yeah. insight. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so he said, he said, he said, what you need to do, David, is you need to take a look in the mirror and find out why is the only thing in your life that you choose to bring into your life a wild animal? Why do you only want problems? What, what is it about you that has to be in a situation that you're always finding, finding wild animals that bite you? And I, and I went, huh. And, and I, at first I, I, I bounced back on the idea. I, I thought he was an idiot. And then over the next several hours, right. I started thinking, I never thought that I was, I'd never even contemplated that I could be the problem. <laughs> so uh, it sounds trite and it sounds very like uh -oh. out of a movie, but it's, it's not, it's truthfully what I did. I, I had four-year-old twins at the time and, and I had gotten us and them to safety. We were out of the house. And uh, it was a couple of days later after we were out of the house and Chris had this talk with me and I looked, I went home and I, and I put the kids to bed and I went into my bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I probably looked like an idiot talking to myself, but I just looked in the mirror stuff on and I said, like, who are you? Like, what's your deal, man? What's your problem? Like, who are you? And I did, the more I asked, the less I knew. I didn't know who I was. I had no idea. You know? Oh, it's beautiful. So that, that was the, that was the, that was the turning, turning point for me is like, like, like you people pleaser. I knew that if you put me at work with a problem, I'm going to be the guy coming out with the solution because I need to make my boss happy. I knew that if, if in a social situation, if there's a problem, I got to be the one coming to the rescue because that's what everybody expects. me. Like I knew that I needed the validation from others. I knew wow. that I needed to be a perfectionist. I knew that I needed to please others. But when I looked in the mirror and said, like, who are you? And what matters to you? I was speechless. I had no idea. Oh, you are. It's scary to watch your lips move and my words come out. My emotions ah. <laughs> well up. This is brutal. Because uh, there I was as an anesthetist, I excelled in chaos. I became um, I became very good in dealing with trauma, very good in dealing with uh, chaos, emergencies. Throw in the middle of it, I, I calm the place down and I deal with the problem and I feel good. I'm the man. I'm the hero, the knight in shining armor. That is what made me work. And then when I was in rehab, and you stripped all the pain physician, anesthetist, the, the persona away. And I was asked, who are you? Exactly the same question. I had no answer. Zero answer. None. We were both these white sheets of, of linen on which you can start painting your painting. And and it is it was it's the it was the scariest place I've ever been in. When I had this realization, because I was disappointed, glad, a roller coaster of emotions. Once you actually accept that you're part of the problem or the problem, um, how did the story continue? I mean, this is a shock. This well, is someone. This is someone hitting you with a piece of wood over the head. Bang! Okay. And you stand yes. there. And there's and there's people that would totally agree with you, Stefan, that that's a very scary place to be, to not know the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. 
who am I and, and, and what do I want? What am I here for? How can I live a purposeful life? What even matters to me? That can be a very, who, who, who even am I? Can be a very scary thing. Hmm. But I'll also say that there are people that will identify that that could be the most wonderful, empowering, beautiful moment ever. Because I mean, honestly, this is the whole idea of in the middle, middle of the pack. Honestly, I, I don't really believe, and I believe this to my core, that until that moment, I don't believe that I cared about myself. I don't believe that I cared what I thought. I don't believe that I cared to know who I was. I don't think I cared to even contemplate. I didn't even have awareness of the idea that I was allowed to be my best self for me. Like it didn't even make a bit of sense to me. And so uh, it was it was an exciting time. And and I so what I so I, the next step for me was was kind of three steps. And it happened over a couple of year period, but I can definitely say it's three steps. They're, the steps are easy, but they're not they're easy to explain, but they're they're they take some time to process and there's many perspectives to it. But the first step was when I when I asked those questions was I had to start to answer them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I, I said out loud to myself over and over and over, okay, look, you're a sensitive guy. Here's what's good about that. Here's what's bad about that. You're intelligent. Here's what's good. Here's what's bad. You're thoughtful. Here's what's good. Here's what's bad. I, I just made an assessment. And I said, these are the things about, this is who you are. Like, just take an honest assessment. Don't just, don't just think you know, like really take an assessment. And it's like, if, if you go to a, um, a business and you and you and, and a business has been around for 50 years and you and the building is now shut down and you bought that business and you could walk in you have to take an inventory like you can't fake it you can't assume to know what's in there right you got to take an inventory and so you got to take paper and pen you got to write it down you got to be honest like you got to show the auditors this is exactly what was in the building man this is why it's worth this much da, da, da. you can't fake your way through that audit mm -hmm. so so I had to take an audit. So the first step was to take an honest assessment of myself. The second step is one that is, is sounds like it's being a little preachy and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't want it to be prescriptive or preachy, but it's an important thing. And that is to learn how to forgive yourself and just go, I, I didn't hear Chris's words 10 years before. You didn't know to go to rehab five years before. You didn't know. And even if you did know, it wasn't the right time. And it wasn't, you only know what you know when you know it. Exactly. Yeah. Right? You only know what you know when you know it. And so just free your mind, like let it go. Like, 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 like just forgive yourself. You didn't know any better, but now you do. Right? You don't know any better, but now you do. Now you know better. So make this day one. Let the others, just let it go. Just free your mind. And that was that was really a hard process to to do to free your mind and to not be trapped into who I was and not be trapped by my limitations and my uh, all the belief systems that I already had. Like I just I've allowed myself to go, let it go. Just just free your mind. Just let it all go. Just just it. Now that you know the real inventory, just let it go. Like just just forgive yourself. It's hard to do. Because you can't get that time back. And so you want to carry it around like weight. And but you got to just let it go. You didn't know any better. 
and now you do. And, and that's beautiful. That's a beautiful step. Took a while, took a long time. And it's still something I still kind of work on a little bit. But but I think the biggest changes for me came in that like idea of just freeing your mind, just letting it go. You didn't know any better then, you know better now, so let it go. And, and then the third thing is just to learn, just to go out there and figure it out. Who am I? What is my best life? Go figure it out. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. These are exactly the steps that the kind of the development I've been through. Um, and it is scary. Uh, it is this inventory, though. That is the key step to it. You describe it in the business. Uh, same with me here. Uh, in my book here, My Steps to Sobriety, um, that is exactly what I harp on about. The, it's a step four in a 12-step system. But you are you need to be brutally honest. It's uh, stop whitewashing. Stop stop trying to you know just we don't look into that cupboard over there no you need to look into that cupboard and that seems to be a bit counterproductive because you think now you you just told us we need to look into the future the past doesn't really matter well actually you need to look into the past uh and very honest because maybe the past that you remember is very different from the past that maybe someone else in that situation remembers so uh, we're always sort of, with hindsight, the more we tell a story, the more it changes. Every single time you tell a story, it changes a little bit until it is less painful, until it's uh, more accepted, that you can accept it more. When in reality, you were an asshole. You were a dick. You were a proud, selfish idiot. And again, here you say, no, you need to be nice to yourself. You just say it's okay to be in the middle of the pack. Yeah, but <laughs> we are living in extremes. And unfortunately, I, hand on heart, I wasn't a prick. I was a cactus. Okay. I was, I could have been a very, yeah. very, very nasty, angry man. And I think I let that out on a lot of people. So with hindsight, I have yeah. to say that, that I'm not proud of that. But that was the past. But but you also can't go forward if you don't let, let it go. You didn't Absolutely. know that that's who you were being. You have to be able to just let it go and go, I didn't know then, but I know now. Exactly. Exactly. And, and go forward. And that's the brutal inventory. I love it that you do that that, that you did that. And yeah. that you actually did you write it down or did you say it? What happened? Oh, I did both. And believe me, it sounds stupid. Go anybody right now. Mm. Anybody right now. Just I dare you to write down your Five, just write your five best qualities mm. and your five worst qualities, mm. write them out because you're going to be like, wow, I had no idea. And now I'm going to dare you to read them out loud, which will sound absolutely crazy. And then I'm going to dare you to do something that's most ridiculous. Ready? Read them out loud, looking at yourself in a mirror. Oh, yeah. Now, now you're talking reality. That's like, you can't lie to yourself. Yeah. We lie to ourselves in here. We're mean. Yeah. We're, 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 we're in denial. We're accusatory. We're, we, we whitewash. We, we, uh, all in here is very bad, bad noise. When you write it out, uh, yeah, it means something. When you say it out loud, it means something more. When you look in the mirror or when you say it to somebody else, Absolutely. it really means something. Absolutely. And so I did do those things and, and, um, yeah. it, it was, it was important to do. I didn't know. I didn't do it purposely. Yeah. I just, got lucky that that's what I did. And I can look back and say that worked for me. It might not work for other people, mm. but it worked for me because 
um, man, I was hard on myself. Ah, I was so hard on myself. And I was so, I was so burdened by the weight of going, man, I'm trying so hard to make everybody happy. I'm trying to do the right thing. But I just didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't care about how that was. You know, and you said something earlier that was really important. You said the word selfish and, and selfish can be good or bad. Um, self-serving can be good or bad, but, but I like this idea of being self-aware and self-caring. There's a difference between being oh, yeah. self-serving and self-caring. Oh, yeah. There's a difference between being selfish and being self-aware, right? So I, I like selfish more often than not can be bad. Yeah. Self-aware, uh, self-caring can be good. I absolutely okay? agree. This is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you do this podcast out of the love of your heart. You're bringing, you brought now nearly 400 people to your audience, right? Um, You you have selfish motives for doing it because you want to learn, you want to educate, you want to enlighten, you want to empower you, all of these things, right? But you're, you're, you're being selfish, but not, not really what you're being is you're being self-caring, this is what's important to you. And this is the mark you want to make in this little part of your life. And so even though it, it sounds like, oh, I'm putting myself first, th- this is a good way to put yourself yeah. first, right? And so the the you didn't know you wanted to do this 10 years ago. There's no <laughs> way. you In a million years, you couldn't have done it. No way. No, 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 no. You're quite right. <laughs> but that, that's a beautiful thing. When we go through a period of darkness, uh, we become truly enlightened. We we suddenly see the beauty of light. We see that little candle of hope and that then becomes maybe even a torchlight or a torch and and sometimes a beacon in the night sky. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And soon you appreciate that beauty so much that you want to pass that light on like a baton in a in a in a steeple mm-hmm. race you want to pass it on to the next person and that is really where service to others comes in where you stop thinking about yourself and you start giving others but not in that broken weird way how we were people pleasing before um, mm-hmm. we did we did maybe similar things for all the wrong reasons. And then we were wondering why the hell are we not happy? But now when you actually go out there and live a truly intentional life and become maybe a role model in living your life like that, by mm-hmm. showing up even when you don't want to, by showing integrity, humility, authenticity. All these words, which were platitudes and bullshit when I was still living a life of addiction, depression, PTSD, when I was still wallowing in the victim, victim place, that was, Mm -hmm. oh my God. But you're right. It's like night and day, what you develop into, but you don't know it until you're in the day. And until you see that beautiful brightness there, uh, that is but, the light. Yeah. And, and b- before we started talking, really, we, we, we talked for a couple of minutes beforehand. You, you brought up the two words that are my favorite words right now, intentional optimism. And and, and it takes work because uh, we often find ourselves at some point in our lives set in the patterns of who we are and what we're going to accomplish in life. We already are in our lanes right? We're already, we already have things figured out. Oh, it's too late for me. 
oh, this is just who I am. I can't help it, right? I have a friend who says, I know I should be nicer to my kids, but I'm just not a nice person. And I go, we have nothing in common, dude. How in the world could you be aware enough to say, I know I should be this way, but you're so close-minded that you already know that you can't be a different way. Like how in the world is that even possible, right? Because we are, so it's hard to have intentional optimism mm. that today could be day one. Today could be a new leaf. Today could be something different. And and I only have a couple of, maybe a couple dozen of seminal moments that showed me that. I'll give you an example, okay? So I'm 60 pounds overweight. What's that? Uh, 30 k, 30k overweight, okay? And I'm a, a smoker. I, I just quit smoking. I, I just started becoming athletic. I'm nearly 40 years old and I've never done anything athletic in my life, really, not in my adult life anyway. And I go to go do a half Ironman, which is a, it's a big, big, long race. Okay. I have no business being there. None, no business being there. Okay. <laughs> I do not belong there. I've never done any of the swim, bike or run distances <laughs> on their own. And I'm getting ready to do them all in one day, back to back. Right. And so I go, they have this thing called a wave start. So it's not a mass start. They're sending off uh, waves of people because it's the swim is in a river. And so I, I walk, I'm nervous energy. I walk up to the start line and I got to watch the people and the first wave go off because I want to see what it's like. And as I walk up, I realize, Stefan, that every single person is a Greek god or goddess. There's not an ounce of fat between them. They're walking around in their Speedos. I can't tell if they're made of uh, marble or if they're made of muscle, right? And I'm like, what the hell am I even doing here? And I got super self-conscious and I said, you don't belong here, man. You absolutely do not belong here. You're a fat smoker who's not athletic. Look at these people. You don't belong here. And I almost... Uh, no joke. I almost convinced myself to go back in the car and be who I was. No. And then the gun goes off. And of course, 90% of the Greek God and goddesses go splashing off into the river and go racing down the river. And then all of a sudden I look and one of these Greek gods is like on his back, flipping around, not knowing how to swim. And somebody else is walking on the side of the edge of the river because they're afraid of the water. And somebody else is like, breaststroking, you know, looking like they're struggling. And I'm like, well, they don't care. Like they're just out here doing their best. Like they, they don't, they could care less what anybody else thinks. Why are you worried about what people think about you? Why are you worried about who you just go be the best you could be? Just figure it out. And I'm just like, okay. So I'm not going to get in my car and go be a fat smoker and go home and be miserable. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, I'm going to be optimistic that I'm going to learn something. And, and it was like, oh, okay. I gave myself permission to go do, do that and not live in my lane, not already know everything. Oh, that's that cool. intentional optimism that's like, I'm going to go figure it out. I'm going to intentionally be optimistic that I could learn, that I could grow, that I could be something different, that I could be something better. It doesn't always work out. But 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 that, those, those type of things allowed me to go, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm never going to win the race. And everybody's watching the winner. I'm never going to be the last guy across the line or the guy that didn't start. And 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 everybody wants to complain about, about that person and, and point a finger at that person. Well, I'm going to be in the middle somewhere. And in the middle, guess what? Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. 
how great is that? I'm the only one that's watching. I'm the only one that cares. So if I don't want to be there, don't be there. No, nobody's going to miss me. Right. And so it, that, that was, that was, that was my learning curve. That was the beginning of my learning curve. Beautiful. Beautiful. Just showing up uh, is so beautiful. I, oh, so many things that you touched upon there. Oh, beauty. The, the, the one thing that I felt immediately drawn to was your friend who said, I will never be a good parent. I will. Yeah. And I felt drawn to that because I had, I have still got this guilt feeling of spending far too much time at work, far too much time then drunk and not being there for my young kids. So for that person, for anyone who out there identifies with that person and immediately gets these pangs of guilt grabbing your insides, I want you to remember the principle of the five-minute gardener. Because if you see... A, a person, a dad who has got his shit together and he's playing with the kids. I got angry about these people. How the hell can you? You don't understand. You can play with your kids. Hey, look at me. I've got all these financial problems, blah, 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 excuses, <clears throat> guilt, victim, beating myself up. I want you guys, if you feel like that, I want you to spend today five minutes, not more, not less. I want you to spend five minutes with your kids doesn't matter what you do. Best thing is shut up and just, just spend time with them. doesn't matter what they do. If they build Lego right. or they, they, they just lie on the bed, why don't you just go there and lie next to them and say, oh, wow, what a day. And just spend five minutes. Uh, and, and if you want a ratio, if you want to say something, okay, remember you have got two ears, one mouth. That ratio, okay? Not more. And actually spend five minutes with them. That's it. That's all I want you to do tomorrow, uh, today. Tomorrow, mm -hmm. again, five minutes. The day after, five minutes. Never more, never less. If you were to imagine that you had a garden and you do that five minutes every day, today you're pulling some weeds, tomorrow you put a new plant, and the next day you, you cut some shrubs. Can you imagine that after a week you see a difference in the garden? Can you see that uh, maybe after two weeks, three weeks, your family says, wow, the garden looks really cool. That after two months, the whole neighborhood will come across and say, wow, look at that. Can you imagine that also the same will happen to your relationship? Yes, you have been maybe an asshole. You've been a crumpy old bastard and you've got your reasons why you were like that. And you've got your reasons why you label yourself like that. But the past does not equal the future. No, you can't be suddenly the miracle super dad. That will not work. But I dare you, five minutes. And if you're not in the situation as a dad, but maybe as a husband, significant other, five minutes, same principle. Little steps. What do you think about little steps versus going all out? Well, I think that, uh, that what you say makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know, somebody recently told me and, and the way that he said it in the context, he said it was really brilliant. He said the universe is never known as fertile a ground as the mind. He said, plant a seed, plant a seed and it will grow. Uh -huh. And, nice. and, and that's the truth. Uh, so if you spent just five minutes doing something, imagine every day 
using your example, imagine every day, because we do this uh, without the this exercise. Imagine every day walking in uh, to, to your bathroom, closing the door, and looking in the mirror and set a timer, and for five minutes, go beat yourself up mentally. Look at yourself in the mirror and go, you're ugly, you're old, you're stupid, you're fat, you're miserable, you're a bad friend, you're a bad spouse, you're a bad husband, and uh, you're, you've got your priorities wrong, you're lazy, you're this. Do that for five minutes and see how good you feel about yourself. <laughs> yes. Right? And, and in fact, as we do that the whole day long. <laughs> all day long. I mean, look, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, rather, I'm, I'm lifting a 15K uh, barbells and, and, and I dropped one of them on my toe. Literally dropped it fully on my toe. Oh. And I laid, I, I, I fell down like an earthquake happened and I fell on the ground and I started screaming at the top of my lungs. And as soon as the screaming stopped, you know what I did? I, for about 15 minutes, I'm screaming at myself about what an idiot I am. And then I went, like, really? Like, really? I mean, dude, accidents happen. You didn't want that to happen. You're not an idiot. Stop telling yourself you're an idiot. This was not your fault. It was, it was an accident. Like, it happened to you. You're not the idiot. Stop. Stop beating yourself up because we do that all the time. And so, uh, yes, I agree with you that uh, change your behavior, even if you do it for a little bit at a time. Five minutes of meditation, five minutes of positive thought, five minutes of quality time, five minutes of peace. All, uh, yes, I agree with that. I love it because, look, uh, I did. Here's the here's the level of what I thought would be athletic. Okay, what I thought would be athletic, what I could call myself an athlete, if I could wake up in the morning, and say, I'm gonna go do a 50 mile run today. Okay. So 50 mile run is like 80 some odd K. Okay. No training, no prep. If I wake up today and I could go run 80 K. Oh yeah. That's what I think is a, is a, is an athlete. Yeah. Now, Perfect. the day I quit smoking and was 30 K overweight, could I 30 kilograms overweight? Could, could I, have run 80k that day of course not <laughs> could you have run 100 meters maybe <laughs> no I, I literally couldn't but guess what nearly two years later yeah nearly two years later having done a lot of training a lot of exercising a lot of reshaping who i was one step at a time guess what i did one day i was having a particularly rough day stefan and it was like i didn't feel good about myself on a friday and I said, I want to wake up tomorrow and go, go do a 50-mile run in the mountains. I want to go do an 80K run in the mountains tomorrow. <laughs> and, I, and I went to bed, and I got up, and I showered, and I put on my running shoes and, I, and the right outfit, and I went out, and I did an 80K run. The next day, I woke up and did an 80K run. I was in good enough shape that I could go do that. Now... Uh, there was about 400 people doing the race that day, and I came in probably 375th. Okay, it wasn't about that. It was about like, wow, like okay, you can accomplish anything you want to accomplish. But if you would have said to me the day I quit, 
hey, you're going to be able to wake up one day and the next day go run 80K just because you want to. There's no possible way. So for you to say, I'm an asshole now and I want to not be an asshole to my kids, it's not going to happen. But for you to say, can I spend a couple of minutes being present? Can I spend a couple of minutes doing the right thing? Eventually, eventually, you plant those seeds that, like you said, eventually they're going to grow and it's going to become normal for you. And it's going to become adapt something that you're going to adapt to and something that you're going to grow to. So I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I, I lived it a different way, but I totally agree with it. And that's beautiful. But guys, did you hear that little keyword? Two years of work to build up to that. And we are living in a society that wants instant gratification. You go once to the gym and you're an athlete. You go once in, eat one, two salad leaves. Oh, I now live healthy. It doesn't work like that. But on the, on the positive side, it's all about choice. And you have so much more choice than you actually realize. Every second, you can either work on becoming a better human being, or you can work on a relapse if you're an addict, or you can work on a really low mood if you suffer from depression. It's your choice. Every single thing adds up just as much if you want to invest money. And you should really learn a bit about uh, cumulative, cumulative interest. Um, basically how little things over time build up to become a huge uh, a huge success or a huge investment etc so what am is... i i'm going to interrupt you only because it's so timely i have i love i'm a guy of quotes i love quotes okay do you know what albert einstein said at the end of his life in a time magazine interview was the greatest invention in his lifetime, he said a thing that was the greatest invention in his lifetime was the power of compounding interest. Compounding interest, cumulative, not cumulative, of course. Compounding interest, which is beautiful, is it not? And for those of you yeah. don't, you know, yeah. it's one plus one plus one doesn't give you free. It gives you free upon something because meanwhile, yes. your money has worked for you. That is yeah. what we're talking about. Your investment yeah. today into your body um to maybe in the form of exercise and tomorrow the investment in the form of hydration and then good nutrition that that's that's not only feed your body and feed the cells but it also feeds your your well-being you actually you if you do it in the right way then you actually see hey i'm treating myself i'm actually looking after myself and suddenly this 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 platitude of self-love or or looking after yourself actually becomes a real thing here you yeah. are um it is and it's weird and it, it, it is you can change your mind example in my garden i have planted all kind of edible bushes and trees and it's beautiful and right now uh here in in, in new zealand the blueberries they're going nuts they're going wild nice. it's beautiful and no one is picking them and I've been always pissed off. My kids, why don't you pick the blueberries? You eat them, but you can't pick them. Arr! So over the last month, I've actually made a point of going out there every day, five minutes, picking my blueberries. And I realized that they grow in all parts of the bloody bush. So I'm I'm doing some stretching exercises on some weird, weird <laughs> things. So I'm actually having fun. I'm looking after myself. I finally get these beautiful blueberries, which are not eaten by the birds. Uh, and I'm stretching as I'm doing it. 
Hell, so, this is gorgeous. This is absolutely an amazing way forward. So uh, this is something that you need to cultivate and create. This is something where you need to be saying, now, let's change the, the narrative. Let's change the thing. Mm -hmm. And and what am I doing? I'm also demonstrating leadership towards my family. I showed, well, okay, it's instead of being the grumpy bastard, I say, why did you not pick the blueberries? I actually went out there and said, yeah, okay, I've picked the blueberries. End yeah. of the story. Yeah. And it's beautiful. So one action, five minutes invested, gave me so much return. And it's actually beautiful. And it was my choice. Here you go. It yeah. is, guys, we can change this world. You can't go out there unless you you are head of state and have maybe some some cloud. Then maybe you can do the big things, uh, like, you know, stop the war in Ukraine. And if you can, please go there and, and Slap some sense into these guys. <laughs> but, right, um, but, but, but if but you, it, it does. I was just going to say, for most of us, it starts with you. You you can't change the world unless you change yourself, right? You got to be the best that you can be, and it's like you can't be a better parent unless you're a better person. Mm. You can't be a better a, a better boss unless you're a, a better person. Mm. You can't be a better employee. You can't be a better spouse. You can't be a better doctor. There's not, there's, I mean, yes, you could fake your way through it. You could live double lives. We all do. We all, we all, you know, we're all miserable, but, but you know what, if you become a better person, you can be better at everything, yeah. but it starts with being able to look in the mirror and say, okay, here's what's wrong. Here's what I need to change. Nice. Or here's what's right. Here's what I need to leverage. <laughs> so true. So true. Look, show me your book, uh, because I know you've got it lying there. Oh, this, show this, us. Here, there's my book. That's, that's right. the winning in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Uh, there you go. You've got it just that's there. Yeah, that's right. You need to hold your tongue right. That's it. Winning in the middle of the pack, which is so beautiful. And that is so such an important <laughs> bit by you being out there, you showing up and uh, taking, being proud of being that person who has showed up. And 80% of winning is actually showing up. And we forget yeah. that. When so. I when I first um, uh, started doing athletics, I thought to myself, geez, wouldn't it be amazing to do an Ironman one day, right? Like an Ironman triathlon one day. Yeah. And so I started uh, looking into Ironmans and and that one of the founders of Ironman, one of the original people that did the original Ironman event in Hawaii has this wonderful quote that's exactly what you just said. His quote is, I might not finish first, but I'm going to finish it ahead of the guy that never started. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, that is like one of my favorite quotes ever because it happens in life. Like mm. it, it doesn't matter if you finish first or not. What happens is that you're in the game that you try, that you, mm. that you actually start, right? Don't talk about doing it. Just do it. Don't try to be better. Just be better. Mm. Don't, right? I mean, it's really... It's really amazing. Like I'm, I'm not going to finish first, but I'm always going to finish at ahead of the guy that never started. Mm. It's like they could say that about ourselves. Mm. Every single thing that you do, like you want to start a diet, I'll tell you what, you might not get to the finish line, but you're going to do a hell of a lot better than if you don't even start. Right? <laughs> so true. If, if you want to become a musician, you want to, you want to learn how to play guitar. Okay, you might not become the greatest guitar player in the world, but I'll tell you what, you'll be a better guitar player than if you never practice. <laughs> and again, right? there's this choice, this choice of intentional yeah. living. Who do you want yeah. to be when you grow up? And it doesn't matter if you're 17 or 70. 
sometimes it really doesn't. No, sometimes it, for you, it took 40 years. For me, well, 46, 48. No, I was 46 when I went into rehab and was presented this clean slate and where I could figure, try to figure out who I want to be. And again, this is beautiful. If you are in this position right now, if you're listening to this podcast or watch this YouTube video because you're finding yourself for reasons whatsoever in this empty space, I congratulate you. It is so beautiful because you can try things out. You can, it's like going shopping for a suit or for a shirt. You can try things on, think, now that color doesn't fit or that, but you need to put it on you mm -hmm. to actually see. When I, when I came out of rehab, I didn't really know who I wanted to be. And there was some financial pressures. So I had this kind of dream of, hey, if I go to garage sales, uh, get some junk, turn it into a treasure, I can sell it. Um, so I thought about being handyman, et cetera, during the time when I was sort of, you know, getting mentally and, and physically better. And it became a thing that was really beautiful because so suddenly I got out and my youngest son joined me. So there we were on a Saturday morning, six o'clock, get up and plan our route to the various garage sales, buy things cheap, go for a hunt. It all became a beautiful, beautiful exercise of intentional living, of being there. And my yeah. son still finds that one of the nicest things that, that we ever have done together. Turns out that mm -hmm. I'm a shit artist. That's I'm, I'm shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there was never any treasure that was created. But the treasure laid in the fact that, that my son and me saw the sunrise together that we were hunting together. It was being together and living intentionally in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. beautiful. So sometimes there are gifts waiting for you in this kind of new situation that you have not, not never even imagined that they would be there. So I want to give you that hope. I want to tell you, look at David, look at me. If two numbnuts like us can get our shit together, at least a little bit, don't you think that you guys out there have got a chance? I think you have got a bloody good chance. And this chance of living a beautiful life, however, whatever the reality for you right now is, this chance is there. And it's much, 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 much bigger than you think it is. But you have to be honest with yourself. That is how we started this interview, this brutal mm -hmm. inventory. But once you do a brutal inventory, you know that there are some things uh, you really need to jettison that, get rid of that. But there are other things that you can say, hey, this is actually not bad, and maybe strengthen those points and bring on more. And you never know where they're going to lead to. Exactly. Right? And you never know what it's going to lead to, right? Um, I mean, I just a couple of years ago completed an 8,000K solo bike ride in 45 days, right? I've done multiple runs that are... <laughs> that are longer than 160, 180 K runs straight through. Um, I mean, this is a guy who couldn't run hundred meters, right? At, at almost at age 40, right? I, I couldn't, there's no way I could have run two minutes and I've run 25 hours straight without stopping. So you never know what it could lead to, uh, what kind of journey of discovery you could go on. Yeah. Um, and, and the only way to do it, uh, like you said, is just take one, little action it's five minutes a day two minutes a day it's going to lead it's going to lead to something right exactly. try something new get out of your lane like just start just just don't care about what anybody because nobody's watching anyway they're all living their own lives 
you know, they're all living their own lives. They're, nobody, nobody really cares. Nobody's paying attention. How great is that? Maybe you should care. You should pay attention. That's, that's the, that's a, a something that I didn't learn until much later. You know? Uh, so true. So true. Oh, David, you ring so many bells in my head and uh, you make me reflect about a lot of things in my life for that. I'm internally, uh, eternally grateful. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, if people want to know more about you, where can they find out about you? Give us your social sure, media. Sure. Well, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, um, my books are available on Amazon. Uh, I have a website, cycleoflives.org. Uh, why cycle of lives it's my my latest book came out uh covering 15 people's emotional journeys with cancer and related trauma and uh to help us better understand the true essence of you never know what people are going through or what they have gone through and once you maybe get a little bit of insight into it you might uh be empowered with a few extra tools on how to connect with them uh through hard conversations about the emotional issues of what they're going through do you know like i can I can tell you the tasks related to stopping your addiction, but I can't talk to you about the emotions of it until I know the traumas that you've experienced and those type of things. So, um, so uh, there's where you can find me. All, all of the proceeds from that book go to uh, support cancer charities that were chosen by the people that participated in the book. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I do some speaking and some this and that. If there's anything you want to do, I also do something that that uh, you or some of your listeners might really enjoy. I, I do, uh, I, I do some expressive writing workshops. Uh, most of those are virtual. So if anybody is interested in that, uh, usually in cancer and mental health uh, organizations, but I help people develop the tools to write expressively so they can re-change the conversation that they have internally. So I, I like to say, I teach people how to connect with themselves so that they can now go connect with others. And, and I do that through teaching people how to do expressive writing. So there's a lot going on. If this touches anybody, you can reach out. If, if not, uh, continue to follow Stefan and learn the, the, the ins and outs of how to continue to learn and be better. Exactly. Oh, beautiful. And guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and the podcast. Uh, all of David's uh, details are there. Whilst you're down there, you might as well press the like and subscribe button so that you don't miss any of the, the cool guests that are coming yeah. onto my show. Uh, there has not been one single guest where I did not learn something, where I did not grow, where I did not reflect, where I did not become a better person and talk about five minutes. So for me, it is one hour of interview plus then a bit before and after of investment. But this is such a precious time investment, such a beautiful investment where I can get so much out of it. Imagine you do that same two hours a week, do that maybe with a mentor, with a coach, work on yourself not all the time, but maybe two hours a week, or maybe if money is tight, maybe one hour a week, something like that, you will grow. But it's all your choice. It's all you taking action. And when you do that, miracles start happening. And you, David is the, the perfect example. And I, I normally I find running absolutely boring. And even at my best times at 10Ks, I was bored out of my brain. 
But now listening to you, I find it intriguing. With age 40, you changed and running running distances that just made my head spin. Um, maybe, yeah. just maybe, in a year or two years' time, <laughs> we meet each other at a race event. That's it. Hey. I like it. <laughs> uh, yes, and and I hear you that it's boring, but I'll oh. tell you what, and it's a great place to do intentional yeah. self reflection. Exactly. It's a great place to do intentional meditation. Exactly. It's yeah. a great place to have achievement because sometimes it hurts so much that you go, I've still got thirty miles. I've still got fifty k to run. Like what, why in the world am I doing this to myself? And then you go, well, I'm just going to run to the fire hydrant and not complain. Excellent. I'm just going to run to the next tree and not complain. And then you go, yeah, okay, I made it this far without complaining. I can go to the next tree and not complain. I can make it to the next K and not complain. And so you, you, I, I don't do it out of obligation or anything. I do it out of a, out of a learning. Like I want to learn. I want to, I want to be intentional about Beautiful. thinking and those type of stuff. So it is a good place for development, self-development, mental self-development, as well as physical. So that, that's that's a draw for me. <laughs> I love it. Oh, guys. Uh, David, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. This was an amazing interview. I truly, truly appreciate it. Oh, me too. Thank you, Stefan. Thanks for having me and thanks for having a great conversation. Absolutely. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Bye. I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.